You are now tuned in to Poppy Chulo Radio, your web portal for the best in pop culture news and interviews. All magic comes with a price. The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Welcome to a special Once Upon a Time official convention edition of Storybrooke Weekly Mirror, the unofficial Once Upon a Time podcast, a poppychuloradio.com original series, Poppy Chulo Radio, pop culture on demand. Today is Sunday, October 29th, 2017, and I'm your host, Jeffrey Aruz. Tonight, we are doing something very different. We are delivering directly to you audio recorded at Creation Entertainment's Once Upon a Time Official Convention 2017 in Whippany, New Jersey. Please welcome my co-host, Jenna Pace. Hi, everybody. Now it's time for our ninth podcast showcasing all of this great audio that was recorded at Creation Entertainment's Once Upon a Time Official Convention 2017. Jenna, what's our ninth panel? Our ninth panel is with our heroine among heroines, the amazing, the beautiful Jennifer Morrison, better known as our Emma Swan. Jennifer Morrison is just fabulous and professional and uh, you just gotta listen to her listeners. Have a fantastic time. Before we start our special Once Upon a Time official convention edition, here's our announcer with a few special announcements. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio podcasters discussing some of your favorite television shows. Visit poppychularadio.com slash podcasts for a complete list of all the podcasts that we produce. You will get up-to-date information on whether the podcast is currently releasing new episodes or if it's on hiatus. You will also be able to click a link to either take you to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or the Poppy Chula Radio archives to download the podcast. To binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio podcasts, visit poppychularadio.com slash podcasts. Would you like to be one of the podcasters on this podcast discussing your favorite television show? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. We are always looking for new voices to add to our collection of podcasts. To become a co-host you must be at least 18 years old. You must be comfortable sharing your opinions. And you must be comfortable using Skype. There's no podcast experience required. So if you think you have what it takes to be a Poppy Chula Radio on-air personality, email talent at poppychularadio.com. We look forward to hearing from you. This is a Poppy Chula Radio special announcement. PoppyChuloRadio.com is currently looking to expand its web presence, and we're looking for your help. If you're a fan of Poppy Chulo Radio and its signature series, please visit GoFundMe.com slash PoppyChuloRadio and help us with our campaign. Every dollar amount donated will be improving the Poppy Chulo Radio experience and making it more interactive and user-friendly. We thank you in advance for your support. This has been a Poppy Chulo Radio special announcement. We now return you to our regularly scheduled programming. Thanks, announcer. She's one of my favorite powerhouses. I have a lot of respect for her as an artist, human being, really cool. I'm sure you're going to enjoy the next little bit with our J-Mo! I'm just really proud of you, the way you're going and, you know, you're, as your acting talent, 
your powerful direction. You know, I got asked a question uh, earlier. We all did the wild crew that was out here. Like, that you're going into directing. Like, what part would you want to play in it, Jennifer? I was like, just anything that J-Mo thought I could do. You know? Yeah, you're, you're an artist I really respect, babe. And, you know, I think uh, I think the world of you, love you, and uh, it's always great to see you. So kick ass, and I'll come back and get you soon. All right, let's hear it for Jennifer Also, um, they weren't stage parents or anything. They weren't pushing me to do it. I really just loved it and really enjoyed it. And um, they really helped find ways for me to, to be able to figure out if I wanted to do it for a living. Hi, Jen. I was wondering what you feel or how you feel about Emma's pregnancy. Oh. <laughs> I think it was, I think that. I'm so pleased with what they did with the writing because I always hoped when I signed on that um, the end of the journey for Emma would be her happy ending, of course. Um, and you know, with all the battles and trials and things that uh, Emma has faced with her family and friends and Hook and everybody over the years, uh, there were moments there where it seemed possible that the happy ending wasn't in her future. So I was very pleased that, um, that the happy ending involved what seems to be a more peaceful lifestyle with someone who loves and respects her, who she loves and respects that. And the fact that there was life created out of that, I think is a really beautiful thing. I do have to disagree with Colin though, because I did hear what he said about the parenting. <laughs> <laughs> and I think if Emma and Hook have a daughter, he might feel differently about how strict this is. respectful of their privacy, um, but I, as their friends and as, as someone who really loves them both, um, I, I think that it's amazing to watch two people be so well suited for each other and find such joy in each other's lives. So I couldn't be happier for them, but I just want to be careful to protect their privacy. So, um, but I, I, I know I've said this before, I definitely want to travel to Ireland. Um, I've definitely heard a lot about it in the last few years. <laughs> and, uh, and, I don't know, I, I've done a lot of traveling in Europe. I, I think I'd be interested to go to Japan, um, China, um, Bali. I think I need to sort of just take a little journey where I'm not sure where it takes me, but um, I can't quite say my favorite spots because I haven't really had the time to explore the way that I need to explore to answer that properly. So hopefully that answers in my future. Brazil. Oh, Brazil. Um, I, I don't know that there's anything I could think of that 
I hope someone asked, in addition to the things that have been asked. But I, I can say that um, I'm always really moved by the, how thoughtful everyone is and, and how much the show means to everyone and the fact that it has touched their lives in ways that's so much bigger than just what happened in a certain storyline, that people are really sort of feeling the, the metaphors and the meanings and things and, and taking that to heart. So um, I'm not answering your question at all. I'm so sorry, but I, uh, I'm going to give you that answer instead. You know, they had a connection, but it wasn't under romantic circumstances. So my question was, if there was a moment in the show where Emma fell in love with Hook, and if so, what moment was that? Hmm, that's a tricky answer. I, I'm not sure that there was a clear moment where she knew she was in love with him. I think that because her walls were up so extensively, um, she wasn't in a position to necessarily recognize what love would feel like or what romantic love would, would feel like for her. So I think some of the conflict and some of the adversarial moments that they had had sparks of that without her realizing it. You know, sometimes when you don't admit something to yourself, you, you can get like riled up in different ways and not realize that it's because you're avoiding certain feelings, it's more vulnerable than you want to be, whatever. So um, I think there was definitely moments of that. And I do think that um, the moment when she first kissed him in Neverland, she did think she was making a point to him and she didn't think she was at risk of it meaning something to her and then it did mean something to her. So I do, I do believe that that was part of a turning point, for sure. Hi, Jen. I'm Abby. Um, if you could give candy bar, what would you give? <laughs> I love that question. <laughs> Um, I think, well, I really, really like Snickers. I never really thought about why I like Snickers, but I'm going to just go with this. Um, I think because there's a little bit of everything in there. You've got, like, the cookie crumble, the peanut crunch, the little bit of salty, the caramel, the sweet caramel, and then, like, the melted, milky chocolate on the outside. Um, I think that makes me like that, not just because it tastes really good, but if I had to say why I'm related to the Snickers bar, <laughs> uh, maybe because I'm hoping to have a, a lot of different things going on in my life. I like having um, all sides of things. I like being a little bit um, tough and strong, but also vulnerable um, and soft. And so maybe, uh, maybe all those little ingredients do say something about me. Where is Snickers when you need an ad campaign? <laughs> Hi, so I already asked Colin this, but what is your favorite blooper or mistake that any cast member or yourself has made? Oh, God. Every time I think of bloopers, I just think about smacking myself in the face with mosquitoes. <laughs> like, they have a lot of footage of me smacking myself in the face with mosquitoes over the years. Um, but you know what it was? Was that that blue candle, that blue <laughs> star candle? They didn't even scratch the surface of how many times I couldn't blow out that candle. <laughs> I don't know what it was like aerodynamically designed in a way where you could not blow out that candle. There weren't even people helping me blow out the candle. And we were so uh, I mean, there was a point where I really like lost it laughing at the 27th time of not blowing out the candle or something. So some kind of draw to her fairy tale blood in some way. So the idea was that when she was like 14, you know, she just kind of decided she was gonna get this tattoo and maybe a friend did it or whatever. It was like something she kind of felt like was like a flippant decision. 
but really it was the same flower that was on the crest of Charming's um, shield. And so that it was meant to sort of have always, it sort of implied that they had always been connected in some cosmic way that she was unaware of, but it was like the universe sort of tying them together in a way that was a little bit intangible. But I do want to say it's very, very sweet and it means so much to me when people feel like the show has meant so much to them. But it's you. It really is. I feel like it's so important for you to hear that. Like, you're seeing, it's you seeing that value in the show. It's you doing that. And I think it's really important for you to know that for yourself. I think that we need to hear that from each other. I think that's really important. I didn't do it. I woke up in the morning and I memorized lines. I did the best I could to make someone real. You saw that value and you saw that strength and you chose to act on it. And I think that's very, very important for you to know for you. about it. Um, you know, I, I obviously love the character and I love the storytelling. I fell in love with her and the story immediately when I read the pilot. Um, so there's a million things to miss. I, I miss everyone on set. I, I miss <laughs> billions of red jackets and all of it. You know? um, it's truly an array of jackets. Um, but it's something that's just such a wonderful memory. I mean, it's something that will always be a part of me. And I just feel so grateful. I still feel so unbelievably grateful that this was something that um, I was lucky enough to have be a part of my life for so long. Thank <laughs> you. 
by the audience, has inspired the LGBTQ plus fans in coming out, accepting themselves, and even forming their own fairy tales. Many have actually presented me their marriage. What is it like to have such a powerful impact on a minority that has been discriminated against for so long? It means so much to be here with us.
you cry and you sort of get over it or you yell and you get over it, but when you're shooting a scene like that, you do it for 12, 13, 14, 15 hours sometimes and your body's not really built to be that emotional for that long. So, um, so that scene is definitely, I think, really war on both of us. It can be emotional that. The other scene that was tricky was um, at the end of season one when Henry <coughs> ate the apple turnover and Emma realizes that something really has gone wrong and she thinks he's died. That was a scene where I had to just be crying from the beginning without any lead up to it. And we did shoot that for like 12 hours. <laughs> but in that day, I was like, I didn't see it. So that was, I would say that was another very emotional scene. Thank you. Completely. I mean, when I went into that, I had no idea who was going to play those characters. Um, and to work with Ed O'Neill and Alice and Jenny and Michael and Verano and Elizabeth Rice and Exhibit. I mean, it was like unbelievable to work with them. And they were all very different and they were all wonderful. And I learned something from all of them and I, and I believe and hope they seem to have a great experience working with me. So, um, you know, every story has its own heartbeat. So it's hard for me to say, like, oh, it has to be that person. It's more just that I hope that every time I'm lucky enough to be in a position to be directing that um, that I attract the exact right cast, that I, that I allow space for the right cast to present itself. Seems possible, not matter, right? Okay. <laughs> 
opportunity to film the, or to direct the film adaptation of any book you've ever read? What would it be and why? Well, I'm not sure. I, oh, I have a complicated relationship with that question because I'm such a book lover and I often feel like most movies don't do the book a justice. Um, so I feel like I don't want to be a hypocrite. You're just a bad job bringing a great book to life. Um, I don't know. I mean, a lot of my classic favorite books have all been made and remade and, and you know made over and over again. Um, I think that the um, Elena Ferrante series is so gorgeous, and I, I'm sure she's never going to sell those rights. Um, but the story of that friendship, I, I've just never seen a female friendship written like that. I mean, to span 70 years, I don't know if anyone's heard about this book, so I might just be going on and on about something. But um, it's just so beautiful. Uh, it would require more than one film, but I think that's something that like, spoke to me most vividly in a way that I wished I could also see the movie version. Um, but I also hope she never gets any of the rights because the books are just amazing and they should stay home. Uh, hi, Jennifer. My name is Jacob. Uh, so, there's something I love about stories. It's when heroes turn evil. How did it feel to change from being a hero to the dark one? It was fun. I'm not going to lie. It was definitely fun. Um, you know, there's something about uh, always trying to walk that line as an actor when you are playing a hero, trying to figure out how to be strong and smart and make the right decisions, but also um, not take yourself too seriously and, and try to keep perspective on things. And, and oftentimes heroes, especially in writing, um, are required to be incredibly sacrificial, you know, and, and a lot of their uh, decisions in their lives is about giving something up in order to make it better for someone else. And, and that becomes sort of their sense of self and their identity. Um, so when Emma turned to, to Dark Swan, um, it was a very selfish and kind of indulgent time for her in a certain way. And um, it almost felt like a rebellious teenager, you know, where you're just like spreading your wings and trying to figure out your boundaries. Um, but also within that, you know, you learn from it, you, you might sort of enjoy the indulgence for a certain kind of time, but it, eventually you sort of exhaust yourself and you get to a place where you, you want to return to the core of who you feel yourself to be. And, and ultimately for Emma, what was great about that was that um, when she did find herself needing to make sacrifices in the future, she was um, less resistant to it. She actually appreciated it. I don't know what you Be discerning about that. So 
uh, and try to be. Sometimes it make, means making really hard decisions or decisions that you know someone else might not understand, but you know it's the right decision for you. Um, so sometimes, sometimes it's just making the hard choice to have the right people around you. hard to think back through all of them just because I think there were a lot of very subtle things from a day-to-day -day basis that whatever she was going through would of course be something I had to think through and consider in a way that I would have to kind of reflect on my own life and it would make me you know grow and change in certain ways um, but I think in the long run mostly it was it was really um, it was really moving for me to play a character that was able to overcome so many barriers to be so vulnerable it was very important to me that that happened because I knew I needed that in my own life and I knew that was something I was struggling with. And so, you know, that's something I feel like right now I am trying to work on. I am trying to make time to be able to be closer to my family and make time to be able to be closer to my friends, make time to be able to meet people I might want to spend time with romantically. Um, and that requires a vulnerability that means you might get hurt. And it's a really, this is a tough business. I've been in it for a long time. Um, there's a lot of ups and downs. There's a lot of rejection. Um, I've had a lot of relationships fall apart because I wasn't around to be able to sustain them, and that was heartbreaking. And I've had my own, you know, pain over that in my life. And and so I'm struggling to get my own walls down so that I can be as close to my family as I want to be, and as close to my friends as I want to be. And, hopefully open enough to meet someone that could really share my life with me. So, um, you know, I feel like a lot of what Emma was working through in the last couple of years of the show is something that I'm working on in my own life, for sure. You know, I think because I've been acting for so long and I've just been on so many sets, I mean, I don't know the exact number, but I've done over 300 episodes of television now. And I've been in, I've, I don't even know how many films, or maybe between 20 and 30 or something like that. And just the sheer amount of time that I've spent on sets, you just sort of start to see the world and, and the way things piece together in a very particular way. Um, and I just love cinema. I mean, I just love it. I love films, I've always loved films. And I think you have to be in love with it to want to direct, because otherwise it would probably destroy you. <laughs> um, but um, I love getting to tell a big story. I, I, as, as stressful as it can be, I love making a thousand decisions a day, 15,000 decisions a day, or whatever it adds up to be. And ultimately, I really love having um, the ability to set the tone on set and to be able to create a work environment that's positive. Um, this is a business we work we all feel very lucky to get to do what we love. Um, but oftentimes people are under so much stress we end up in very toxic environments that are unnecessarily toxic. And so um, part of the joy for me is not just telling the story and figuring out the craftsmanship and trying to make it the best I can make it and learning something more every time, but also trying to create environments that people feel inspired and feel like they can do their best work and they really want to go to work every day. Um, so that's something that I would say is like really top of the list, but something that's important to me that I really love about it. Hi, Jen. I just wanted to know how you feel about Emma Swan not being labeled as an official Disney princess. Oh, <laughs> 
write there for sure. Uh, if you saw the petition, I'll sign it.
you sort of go in these phases where you're just desperate to try to figure out what you're doing. You kind of maybe sort of figure out what you're doing and you hope to maybe get a job that you will take any job someone will give you. Then you start to figure out, maybe I know what I'm doing and maybe I should be a little bit here. You know, it's like this whole crazy journey when you're a performer that you don't even dream of like eventually getting to a place where you have a job that's so consistent that you do what you love every day, but then it also seems to make such a positive difference for people or at least touch their life in a positive way. Um, there's some there's just nothing there's no words for that. So I'm just eternally grateful to you guys because you guys have given me something I never imagined I would ever have in my life. So I have a deep gratitude to you guys for giving me that. she's learned over the years. Hi, my name is Abby. My question is, what do you like most about Emma? Um, I think what I like most about Emma is that she's not just any one thing. That she, um, she's someone who tries very hard to be good, but sometimes she makes mistakes, and then she works very hard to overcome those mistakes and learn from them. She's someone who can love very strongly, but has gotten hurt, and then she has to work really hard to let her guard down so she can love again. Um, I think that she's someone who feels complicated in the way that real people are complicated, so um, I think that's what I like about her, is that she feels real. Travel a great distance. Um, I think that, yeah, there are certain heroes in my life. I, someone like Gloria Steinem, someone like Jane Goodall, um, you know, women who I feel like, uh, I, I actually was lucky enough to meet one of them, Judy Chicago, who's an incredible feminist artist. I think these women who have pioneered the path of standing up for other women and um, ahead of their time were putting their foot down and fighting for rights that we take for granted right now or um, are learning we can't take for granted anymore, unfortunately, right now. Um, so I, I, I think it's women like that that, uh, you know, I would go a great distance to hear them speak or be in a room with them or spend time with them. I'm going to date myself here, but I grew up in the 70s, and Star Wars was my favorite thing ever. And I was wondering, when you were a little girl, what were you into? Um, this is going to sound crazy, but Disney movies. <laughs> uh, we, we had a very kind of conservative household, in a nice way. You know, we were very sheltered in a certain way. And so um, there was a whole lot of Sesame Street, Mr. Rogers, and Disney going on in our house. And, um, and for like a long time, you know, I, I didn't even, I was in an R-rated film before I saw an R-rated film. So I, I definitely, um, my sort of knowledge of, of 
films that I love and cinema and all that kind of happened in my college years and then post-college. Um, so I didn't really know about Star Wars or Star Trek until I was in college. I didn't even see like, you know, some of the, um, like, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, or Sixteen Candles, or, um, you know, all those movies. I saw all those movies in college, so um, I'm really dating myself because you guys are like, what are those movies? Um, but you know the name. So, um, you know, I, I actually got introduced to Star Wars once I was in Star Wars, you know, Star Trek, you know, because of the mother of Captain Kirk. But, um, Scary to say I was alive in the 60s. <laughs> well, isn't she amazing, our GMO? Thank you so much, Jennifer Morrison. Let's give a big introduction and thanks to Jennifer Morrison. We hope you enjoyed this exclusive audio recorded at Creation Entertainment's Once Upon a Time official convention 2017 in Whippany, New Jersey. Join us next time for a brand new installment of Storybook Weekly Mirror. Once again, here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Mirror. Follow us on Tumblr, storybrookweeklymirror.tumblr.com. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and YouTube, at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Help support Poppy Chula Radio financially by visiting gofundme.com slash poppychularadio. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through Apple Podcasts and Google Play. Just search for Storybrooke Weekly Mirror and subscribe. Thanks, announcer. Jenna, please wish the listeners a good night. Listeners, have the best evening ever. Thanks for tuning in. Download new episodes of Storybrooke Weekly Mirror every Tuesday and Wednesday via Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and the Poppy Chulo Radio Archives. Our Tuesday show is our episode discussion, and our Wednesday show is our special spoiler edition of Storybrooke Weekly Mirror. Good night.